the podcast, Move Forth with Grace. We will be reading the whole Bible in the year 2024. This is such a perfect way to get into God's Word each day and to develop your own relationship with God our Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. I am your host, Angela, and want to first of all say that I am not an expert in theology or church history or a minister, and I never will claim to be. I am a wife and mother who has been reborn and want to be of service to God in gratitude for calling me back home. Welcome to the podcast. The Bible that I will be reading from is the One Year Bible. It is a New Living Translation, and you can find one at www.tindale.com. This episode is brought to you by the Move Forth brand. It encompasses freedom, health, and God's grace. We are created in God's image perfectly and fearfully and wonderfully. There is nothing that we need to do to earn his grace. He simply gives it to us. I am certified in health and life coaching, but no longer practice. However, I have health tips and resources, products that I love and use, homeschool tips, merchandise, and also I will be happy to take any prayer requests on my website, and that is www.move.com. One of my favorite products on my website that I use each day are stem cell activation patches. Stem cell therapy can be very costly and can produce results that are short-lived, which is why these patches are so brilliant and they are not considered to be stem cell therapy. They actually activate our own body's production of stem cells and support our health and well-being, all while optimizing our immune system. You can check them out on my website as well. Thank you for being here. Thank you for becoming less like you and more like Jesus. May you move forth with grace today. We will be reading today Genesis 21 through 22, 24, Matthew 7, 15 through 29, Psalm 9, 1 through 12, and Proverbs 2, 16 through 25. Let's go ahead, or 16 through 22, excuse me, I want to double check that. So let's go ahead and begin. Genesis 21 through 22, 24. Abraham moved, moved south to the Negev and lived for a while between Kadesh and Shur and then moved on to Gerar. While living there as a foreigner, Abraham introduced his wife Sarah by saying, She is my sister. So King Abimelech of Gerar sent for Sarah and had her brought to him at his palace. But that night God came to Abimelech in a dream and told him, You are a dead man, for that woman you have taken is already married. But Abimelech had not slept with her yet. So he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Didn't Abraham tell me she is my sister? And she herself said, yes, he is my brother. And I acted in complete innocence. My hands are clean. In the dream, God responded, yes, I know you are innocent. That's why I kept you from sinning against me and why I didn't let you touch her. Now return the woman to her husband and he will pray for you, for he is a prophet. Then you will live. But if you don't return her to him, you can be sure that you and all your people will die. Abimelech got up early the next morning and quickly called all his servants together. When he told them what had happened, his men were terrified. Then Abimelech called for Abraham. What have you done to us? He demanded. What crime have I committed that deserves treatment like this, making me and my kingdom guilty of this great sin? No one should ever do what you have done, whatever possessed you to do such a thing. Abraham replied, I thought this is a godless place. They will want my wife and will kill me to get her. And she really is my sister, for we both have the same father, but different mothers. And I married her. When God called me to leave my father's home and to travel from place to place, I told her, do me a favor. 
Wherever we go, tell the people that I am your brother. Then Abimelech took some of his sheep and goats, cattle and male and female servants, and he presented them to Abraham. He also returned his wife, Sarah, to him. Then Abimelech said, Look over my land and choose any place where you would like to live. And he said to Sarah, Look, I am giving your brother 1,000 pieces of silver in the presence of all these witnesses. This is to compensate you for any wrong I may have done to you. This will settle any claim against me, and your reputation is cleared. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants, so they could have children. For the Lord had caused all the women to be infertile because of what happened with Abraham's wife, Sarah. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant, and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would, and Abraham named their son Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a baby? Yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age. When Isaac grew up and was about to be weaned, Abraham prepared a huge feast to celebrate the occasion. But Sarah saw Ishmael, the son of Abraham, and her Egyptian servant Hagar, making fun of her son Isaac. So she turned to Abraham and demanded, Get rid of that slave woman and her son. He is not going to share the inheritance with my son Isaac. I won't have it. This upset Abraham very much because Ishmael was his son. But God told Abraham, Do not be upset over the boy and your servant. Do whatever Sarah tells you, for Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. But I will also make a nation of the descendants of Hagar's son, because he is your son too. So Abraham got up early the next morning, prepared food and a container of water, and strapped them on Hagar's shoulders. Then he sent her away with their son, and she wandered aimlessly in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water was gone, she put the boy in the shade of a bush. Then she went and sat down by herself about a hundred yards away. I don't want to watch the boy die, she said, as she burst into tears. But God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven, Hagar, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him, for I will make a great nation from his descendants. Then God opened Hagar's eyes, and she saw a well full of water. She quickly filled her water container and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy as he grew up in the wilderness. He became a skillful archer, and he settled in the wilderness of Paran. His mother arranged for him to marry a woman from the land of Egypt. About this time, Abimelech came with Phicol, his army commander, to visit Abraham. God is obviously with you, helping you in everything you do, Abimelech said. Swear to me in God's name that you will never deceive me, my children, or any of my descendants. I have been loyal to you, so now swear that you will be loyal to me and to this country where you are living as a foreigner. Abraham replied, Yes, I swear to it. Then Abraham complained to Abimelech about a well that Abimelech's servants had taken by force from Abraham's servants. This is the first I've heard of it, Abimelech answered. I have no idea who is responsible. You have never complained about this before. Abraham then gave some of his sheep, goats, and cattle to Abimelech, and they made a treaty. But Abraham also took seven additional female lambs and set them off by themselves. Abimelech asked, Why have you set these seven apart from the others? Abraham replied, Please accept these seven lambs to show your agreement that I dug this well. 
Then he named the place Beersheba, which means well of the oath, because that was where they had sworn the oath. After making their covenant at Beersheba, Abimelech left with Phicol, the commander of his army, and they returned home to the land of the Philistines. Then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree at Beersheba, and there he worshipped the Lord, the eternal God. And Abraham lived as a foreigner in Philistine county, country for a long time. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering, as one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, we have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy. The angel said, do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its thorns, by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And though and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. Then they returned to the servants and traveled back to Beersheba, where Abraham continued to live. Soon after this, Abraham heard that Milcah, his brother Nahor's wife, had borne Nahor eight sons. The oldest was named Uz. The next oldest was Buz, followed by Kemuel, the ancestor of the Arameans, Kesed, Hazo, Pildash, Jidlaf, and Bethuel. Bethuel became the father of Rebekah. In addition to these eight sons from Milcah, Nahor had four other children from his concubine, Ruma. Their names were Teba, Gaham, Tahash, and Makkah. Matthew seven fifteen through 29. Beware of false prophets 
who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey, it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. Psalm 9, 1-12, for the choir director, a psalm of David, to be sung to the tune, Death of the Son. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. My enemies retreated. They staggered and died when you appeared. For you have judged in my favor. From your throne you have judged with fairness. You have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have erased their names forever. The enemy is finished in endless ruins. The cities you uprooted are now forgotten. But the Lord reigns forever, executing judgment from his throne. He will judge the world with justice and rule the nations with fairness. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not obtain, abandon those who search for you. Sing praises to the Lord who reigns in Jerusalem. Tell the world about his unforgettable deeds. For he who avenges murder cares for the helpless. He does not ignore the cries of those who suffer. Proverbs 2, 16-22 Wisdom will save you from the immoral woman, from the seductive words of the promiscuous woman. She has abandoned her husband and ignores the covenant she made before God. Entering her house leads to death. It is the road to the grave. The man who visits her is doomed. He will never reach the paths of life. So follow the steps of the good and stay on the paths of the righteous. For only the godly will live in the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be removed from the land, and the treacherous will be uprooted. And that concludes our readings for today. So, in Genesis today, um, the theme here would be Abraham's trust and obedience to God. We see it when... He had to um, to get rid of Hagar and Ishmael. He trusted God completely with what he said that he would that he promised that he would make a great nation from his descendants, from Ishmael's descendants. That Hagar was taken care of. 
but he, you know, he didn't want to do that because Ishmael was his son, but he trusted God and he obeyed God. And then, of course, the, the story of Isaac, his own son, Isaac, and sacrificing his own son. And the question is, I mean, really, like, how could he do this, right? I mean, we, whenever this story is, you know, brought up or discussed or if there's a Bible study about it, I know that it is, it is just so hard to understand, and I, I'm trying to remember, I feel like I did a study with this. Um, I feel like this is from Chuck Missler, and it really helped me to understand um, this story so much more clearly and also um, how, it, how it points to Jesus. And I do have a link to his website here uh, in the show notes. So he's asked to take his only son, And what is so important is the next morning he got up early. He got up early, obeyed God. I mean, quickly obeyed him, got everything ready. Um, Donkeys and servants along with him, got the wood and everything. But right here, what Chuck Missler pointed out to me was, well, they were going to Moriah, which is actually um, where Jesus was crucified, which I was like, whoa. And you notice here in, um, in 22.4, on the third day of the journey, and, you know, the third day is so significant to us with Jesus, with his resurrection. And so why would Abraham even do, like, why would he even do this? Because what is... Um, Let's see, what, what is the word that I'm looking for? What is inferred here, I guess, I think that's the word that I'm looking for, is that Abraham trusted God completely, and he told him that Isaac would bring him nations, a great many, many nations, right? That he was the descendant. And so that could mean that Abraham trusted that if he sacrificed Isaac, that God would raise him from the dead. So there is an indication here that Abraham might have um, considered Isaac dead for that three-day journey, right? Because that's where we can put like the third day element in to compare that to Jesus. And so that would be the only explanation of why he would do that, why he would sacrifice his only son. And it's because it must be that he believed that God would raise him from the dead. So I, I really appreciated, um, that study and, and that, um, viewpoint or perspective or commentary on that to try to understand just like, wow. (laughs) And also, just the obedience and trust that Abraham had. And it is a, uh, a, what would it, what would it be a, an example, a reminder, a, a place where we can reflect on, wow, that is some serious 
trust. And I know that it is not always easy for me to trust. And um, especially when just faced with situations or, um, you know, life that can cause worry or anxiety, those types of things. It's not always easy to trust God, but look at Abraham's trust and obedience in our readings today. It's, it's incredible, truly incredible. And then we have over here in Matthew, one of the scariest uh, verses in the Bible, and that is, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me. Who, you who break God's laws. That is a chilling verse, and it's one that needs to be taken seriously. And, yeah, it's, that's really all that I can say about that, is that it needs to be taken seriously, and it is, it is, ooh, it's a chilling verse. So let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this time together today. Thank you for just the incredible uh, connections that we can uh, receive, that we can understand that the, the Old Testament points to the New Testament, the New Testament points to the Old Testament, Father, that we can know without a shadow of a doubt that you inspired these writings through the Holy Spirit, that it is your living word to us that your plan for our salvation is throughout that we can um, learn more about what people you used and still even will be using today to carry out your plan. Father, we we pray that we can trust you in our lives, that we can learn from Abraham's trust and obedience in you, Father. And we just thank you for guiding us and giving us your wisdom to help us to walk on the path with Jesus, to walk on the right path to eternal life. We say this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'm going to say one more time, and we'll be saying throughout our time together, if you are enjoying this podcast, if it is blessing you, I just ask that you can share it with one person in your life. We have no time to waste on this. We must share the good news with as many as we can. I look forward to being with you in the next episode. Take care.